Welcome to Table 40, part of the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. Today we're excited to have one of the best young pitchers in baseball, Cardinals pitcher Jack Flaherty. We hope you enjoy today's conversation. All right, Jack, I love to get to know people, and um, we've talked about this before we hit play, that this podcast is about conversations about Jesus and our life, and um, we would just love to start from the beginning. <laughs> is that okay with you? <laughs> yeah, we could go as far back as you want. Okay. All right, let's talk youth baseball, because Matt and I are on the circuit. It's a grind um, with our um, older two boys, Jackson is 16 and Ethan is 13, and let's sort of talk youth baseball and um, the good and the bad and the ugly. And we were at a uh, PBR event, perfect game. perfect game event. I can't mess that up. Perfect game event. Not that one, <laughs> but we saw your face plastered all over it. So we assume that you've had some experience in that that world. Yeah, it's funny you mention it. I you know I had no idea my face would be would be plastered on it. But uh, yeah, the first time that I ever heard about perfect game was I was a sophomore in high school because I had two two guys Lucas Giglio and Max Fried who were gonna go play who like did all their stuff they ended up being first rounders in the big leagues now um but they were two of my teammates and they were they were doing a bunch of their stuff and they were doing their big main showcase and um, I think the first one I ever did was after my junior year of high school I did something, but I know that they're big and they kind of run everything right now. They do. Were you nervous? Uh, I think the first time you do a showcase, it's kind of for me because you don't really, I don't really, I didn't really know what to expect. You know, my coach was like, yeah, you're going to go run. You're going to, at that time I was position player. Like you're going to go run. You're going to take batting practice and they're going to play like a little game and like, just go do your thing. And I was like, all right. And it was just kind of weird. You don't know. I didn't know anybody else there. Uh, it was the first one. I was in like San Diego. It was weird. I was like, "This is. I don't like this whole showcase thing. I'd rather just go play games or practice or work out." And you know, luckily for me, I I think I had to do only one more of those. I, I know that they're they're big for some for some people, and a lot of the thing right now is trying to get noticed and trying to you know make sure that you have eyes on you. I was. I was in a situation where I played with two guys who were first rounders. Um, so there was always eyes since I was a freshman in high school and I didn't have to go kind of get noticed. It was one of those things that just because there was eyes there, you never know who's watching. You never know. And the big thing that I've always said is you never know. Like if there's somebody, if you're playing against somebody else, they may be there to watch them, but if you go out and play your game, you never know who might notice you. You never know what's what's going to happen there. These showcases are great um, if you come from a different area. But, you know, it, it's just one of those things of, you know, they rob people. They, they, they charge a lot of money for a showcase and, you know, promising that, you know, you're going to get looks and you're going to get this and that. And they, they rob people. And then a lot of the, uh, I don't know what your guys situation is with, um, with travel ball now, but I've, I've seen some of it. Um, my brother went through it more than I did. I, I've seen some of it and it's, it's actually, it's crazy what's going on at travel ball now. It's really intense. I, I have to ask you this and then Matt, I'll let Matt finally talk to you, <laughs> but did you guys win every high school game? Uh, no, no, we didn't. We didn't. Everybody, everybody wonders that. We, we, 
we were we we won a lot of them um we blew it i blew it my when i was a sophomore playing with them and then we actually oddly enough once they graduated we ended up winning so it was it was very weird this was very weird so incredible to have did you play other sports in high school you did right you played basketball Uh, i so i grew up playing sports i grew up playing i mostly was was basketball football i mean basketball and baseball i dabbled in a little bit of football i played a little bit of volleyball I played everything until I got to high school. And then in high school, I played basketball for the first three months of my freshman year. And um, my, my, I was literally, I would leave school and I would go to baseball and I'd go to baseball practice. And then my mom picked me up and she'd take me to like, cause it, the baseball campus wasn't on school. So I had to get a ride back to campus for basketball. And so I'd have to go back to school for basketball and I would go baseball to basketball. And my baseball coach was like, dude, he's like, I know you've done this your entire life, but you're going to get hurt. And he just said, go play basketball and then come back. And you're going to be, it's, it'll be probably be two weeks into the baseball season. And we'll start you from there. You'll probably have to start on JV and we'll work you in. And once you're in baseball shape, he was, he was concerned about me getting hurt and I, and I, and I appreciate him for that, but it eventually it made me make the decision of like, I'm, I don't want to give up baseball. Like I'm not going to do that. He, he wasn't telling me, Hey, you got to pick one or the other. He was like, go play basketball. That's great. Do that. And he's been this way. He was that way my entire time. And, but I eventually made the decision like as a freshman, I was like, you know what? I'm good. I'll, I'll just play. I'm just going to do baseball. I don't feel like playing JV. Um, I'll give up basketball to, to, to do that. Uh, I just kind of wasn't loving basketball as much, but I, growing up, I mean, I, I did it from seven to or six years old until I was 15. And, you know, still even now, you know, being smart, doing it in little bits and pieces here in the off season or away from the field. Until you retire and then you can be like me and play in, in intramural basketball. Which, yeah, and then you go run around and play whenever you want. That's that's exactly. That's exactly right. Um, so, in watching you compete, obviously we don't know it. We didn't play together, but knowing Wayno and just kind of watching you compete, when do you think that like that instinct and that kind of? I mean, I look at you and, and think you're you're a bad man on the mound, and like you you come across uh, as, as like a competitive warrior, kind of like Chris Carpenter. When do you think that started? Is that something you developed? Is that something that you feel like comes from within? When did you feel like you, you kind of developed that killer instinct as, as a pitcher? So it's interesting. I think some of that comes from actually my like playing basketball. And a lot of that comes from just the guys I grew up with, um, the, the guys I grew up playing with. And especially me and this, this, this one kid on, on my travel team, you know, we'd all, it always would be – you know, you get into little games and stuff here and there in basketball and it becomes more one-on-one. Like, and he, I was quiet and he talked, 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 talked. And he was really, really good. He still is. He's playing overseas now, but he loved to talk and he loved to get in my face. And, you know, I would kind of back away when I was younger. And then there was one day where he, like, I snapped on him, but <laughs> he was, he was that guy that he was, he was tough. He, he was loud and it just kind of was, was that thing of, you know, you can't back down in basketball. And it transitioned for me over to baseball 
And, you know, my, my high school mentioned it to me one day when I was, uh, when I was a sophomore and he said, he said, I, it was after my sophomore year. He said, you're just like, when you get on the mound, like you're different. I don't know what it is. I don't know what area or zone or world do you dive into. It was like, you just get different. Like you can be away from the field. You could be not playing that day. You could be playing position and like you're one way. And then you get on the mound, you just, it's like a whole different world and there's a different switch that's flipped. And so that's something that's been there kind of since then. And I do think it comes from that, that, that nature, that um, kind I guess bulldog nature that we played basketball with, where we were, I mean, we were gritty. We were fighter. We must say we were fighters, but we were fighters. Like we, we weren't going to back down from anybody and it carried over as the first time he told me about it. And then, you know, I, I mean, it it went away a little bit. Like, I kind of lost that edge getting into pro ball a little bit, kind of trying to just, uh, you know, kind of please everybody and just, you know, you know, you got to play the game this way and do that. And then, you know, kind of finding that and being like, okay, I still – like, there's a way to play the game, but I also got to make sure that I do what I need to do and I, and I got and I gotta make sure that that stays a part of my game. Well, I love watching you play and you do remind me of Chris Carpenter. I don't know anything about mechanics or anything like that, but the edge and the competitiveness and like, oh man, he's pitching today. I'm kind of interested in that. I love that. And I love, I love watching you compete. And I appreciate that. We teach our boys the same thing. Like just go, just go and compete, go and compete, do, do what you need mm-hmm. to do. And so go I love compete, that. have fun, enjoy the game. Yeah. I love it. All right. Let's talk some practical, um, like training in, in stuff that you do, like what would be some advice you would give someone listening to this podcast? Because obviously if you're playing in the major leagues, you've done something a little bit different and, and you do the extra things to, to, you know, work on your craft. And so what do you do as far as training goes and maybe nutrition, if that's something that you're interested in? Yeah. um, Well, nutrition wise is still something that is a complete work in progress for me. I don't by any means like eat poorly, but I always think to my, I can always do better. There's always, always this or that I can. Yeah. It's always, there's always something. And um, that's still a work in progress. Something I've just dove into a little bit more, but uh, training wise, there's a lot, there's a lot that you can say. There's a lot you can do. There's a lot of different people out there. They'll say, do this, do that. You know, this is good for you. This isn't you know, no, you shouldn't be doing this. You're for, you know, whatever. But then the day it comes down to, to listening to your body and maybe it's finding that one person who knows you, maybe it's finding whatever routine works for you. Cause every, every person is different. Every, you know, trainer is different. They've all got different training styles. There's a bunch of them out there. A bunch of different ones work for everybody. You know, matter or you had a different training routine than other guys you played with at the same time. Like it's just, you're built differently than some other guys are. And some, some guys can do more. Um, know your body, listen to your body. And then also, but in the off season, you have so much, you know, downtime that you don't really know what to do with. And my first couple off seasons, you know, it was, it was 18, 19 years old, living at home and go work out three couple hours with the with um with the guys go throw and I'd go home and I would just be home like do nothing maybe go hang out with a friend or something and then my mom actually of all people she was like she came to me when all seasons like 
you're not doing anything. Like you, <laughs> you want to say you're working out, but like I watch you come home and sit around and like do nothing. And I was like, thanks. You know, I, but <laughs> it was one of those that I started doing more. Um, I got with another, got with another trainer, started doing more. My body could take doing more, whether it was, you know, being in the gym more as well as doing a bunch of other like movement and other stuff to stay healthy that has become more a part of my routine. Um, there's always more you can do, but sometimes more isn't always more isn't always the answer because you have to be able to listen to your body. And it, it's a lot of trial and error, a lot of trial and error. It's a lot of figuring out what to do. Um, but yeah, you can't, and, and I, you look at, you look at, um, I was actually rewatching the last dance right now. And you, you know, you, you take guys like Michael Jordan and their work ethic, but not everybody could do that. You know, you, you tell every kid like, Hey, you go work out like Michael Jordan, you know, he did this for this many hours a day. And this is why was, well, not everybody can do it. You just physically can't. Well, that, and you're a pitcher too, right? I mean, you can't go out and throw for four hours. I mean, it's right. It's a different, you, different deal. Yeah. That's, that, that's probably the hardest part is you can't throw all day. You know, as a hitter, you know, I like to say you could go hit all day. You, you obviously physically can't, but you could go, you know, get some swings in the morning and some swings in at night, and you've got more time to do that as a pitcher. You can't throw all day. You got to figure out what else you can do, whether that's reading or doing whatever it is mentally. Because there's a lot of it's a lot of mental part to this game. So there's always different things you can do training wise. You mentioned your mom. Let's uh, let's talk about your mom a little bit and and kind of your your upbringing. Um, and, and the impact that your mom has had on, on your career and who you are as a man. Yeah. So my mom is an unbelievable person, unbelievable human being. She adopted me when I was really, really young. And so she's all, she's all I know. She's all I've known. And she, everybody asked me, you know, Who's had the biggest impact on you? Who's your biggest role model? Why do you work so hard? Um, where does your confidence come from? I, all these questions, and it always comes back to her. You know, people are, you know, where does this work ethic come from? Why do you work so hard? And a lot of times my answer is, you know, I, I just, it just is what it is. That's just how I am. I, I don't really know any other way. But I don't know any other way because of her. Like, even during this this quarantine time, you know, I was – getting up early to go work out and you know I was staying at home I was living with her and you know I'd get up in the morning to go eat breakfast and she's already been up like she's been up she's been at like working from home for an hour or so on calls like ready to go out for her morning walk by like 8 you know 8 8 8 15 in the morning she's already like been working for an hour and I'm like I'm get she's out working me right now and <laughs> that's just the way it is. That's just who she is. And so she's instilled a lot in me um, from a, from a work ethic standpoint, from a confidence standpoint, from a, you know, just how you, how you treat people that there's, she, she's got her, she has her values and, and um, she did a great job of, of, of raising myself and my brother um, who's also, he's unbelievable, but yeah, you know, there's not much that the sacrifices she made. And I think that's something that, has always stuck with me, you know, why do you do it? Why the, the great question of why do you do what you do? And 
you know, looking back on all the sacrifices she made, the the time that she spent driving, you know, through Los Angeles traffic, you know, to take me from one, pick me up from school, take me to a practice, take me to a lesson, you know, get home at eight o'clock, my brother and I doing homework, she's, she's cooking dinner. And then, you know, we eat dinner, she's doing her work, she's doing extra work from home, um, waking us up in the morning, making breakfast for us every morning, like just the little, you know, sitting at tournaments, which I mean, the, those can become long drawn out weekends. And those, those are things like you, you start to realize and you realize the sacrifices that people around you, especially, you know, for me that, that she made. How exciting was it when you got called up to the big leagues? Was she super fired up when you called her? Oh yeah. Well, I, she, she thought something was wrong because <laughs> I called her in the, it was like the middle of the day and I don't usually call her in the middle of the day. Either I'll call her in the morning when I wake up or at night. Um, it was the middle of the day and she was like, she answered the phone. She's like, uh, Hey, what's up? And I couldn't really get the words out. It was just like, she was like, is everything okay? Like what's going on? Finally got it out. And it was just, it was too much emotion for either one of us. Um, yeah, she was a, she was ecstatic. She had to like, she like closed the door to her office before I told her she was like, it, it was one of those things. She was, uh, it was special. It was, uh, it was hard to even like pick up the phone to call her. I was like overcome with emotion just to like tell her that. Yeah, that's a neat day. I kind of screwed Matt still up, but. <laughs> she was watching The Bachelor, so she didn't answer the phone when I was trying to call her. Uh, it's before text messages stuff, but this is about you. Of this course. Is about of our, course. Our, that, uh, that's, of <laughs> course, that's how it went. Yeah. I'm trying to get a hold of her and she's she kept declining and I'm like oh my gosh whatever I'll call somebody <laughs> she, else. she she knew she knew it was important she knew she knew oh, what it was the worst there was something else I was, I was gonna ask you about um it seems like you really liked your high school coach it seems like that he was pretty he impacted your career a great deal you know coaches are are very important I lucked into an unbelievable situation and Again, back to my mom, she's made a lot of decisions for me in my life. She picked my high school for me. I didn't necessarily want to go there, but, you know, I met I met this coach. We had a meeting with them, and he was, you know, ultra-disciplined, like kind of ran military-style type practices. It's probably not the way to put it, but it was, like, detailed, like – and this is high school. It was like, okay, we're starting with this. We're doing this for this long, and then we're going to this, and then we're doing that for that long. We're going to this, that – and you'd have this little schedule you'd put in your hat and you could take it out and look at, okay, this is where I need to be. And it was super detailed and, and run on routine and detail like that. And so I liked it, but he's somebody still to this day that I, that I talk to, I can go to, he's known me since I was younger. He can tell when I'm getting away from myself or like if something looks off, he, he, you know, he saw me kind of grow in those four years, but coaches are so important. And you, and Coaches, I don't – sometimes they never really realize the impact they, they can have on a player. Um, sometimes it's the littlest thing you say to someone. Sometimes it's a little piece of advice or a time that you're there for a kid when he's when he's dealing with stuff. Um, there, there's, there's a lot of different things. Coaches are, so, coaches are so important, and they have – especially in high school, they, they have such a, a big job of, of managing, you know, your – you're helping kids turn into young adults. I mean, you get kids from 14 to 18 years old and you're taking kids like coming in 14 years old, like you're a kid and turn into a young adult about, you know, as you 
get through high school and you're helping that kid mature and you're helping him to grow. And, you know, he did a really, he did a great job with me just in, in terms of, in terms of baseball and in terms of, in terms of life as well. But, you know, coaches are, they're, they're incredibly important. I love to hear that. That's really neat. What about, what would you say as far as your relationship with the Lord, like who's impacted you the most and, what does that story kind of look like? I mean, you don't have to get super personal, but if you no, want to, I, whatever you want. Yeah. To. So, I mean, I grew up, my mom has, has always been very religious. I grew up, I grew up Catholic and um, that's something, you know, we, I went to Catholic school when I was in kindergarten through eighth grade. And I don't think I really realized like how much of an impact my faith would have until getting into pro ball and being on my own and being away and really like when I started to, to, I don't know if lose it is, is the right word, but that's what I'm going to go with, but kind of, I would say get away from it and get away from those, just that way of living. And, you know, that happened beginning of last year for a little bit, even before that, you just kind of get away and you kind of get off track and it's about finding your way back and finding your way back to, to, to your faith and the way that you live and the decisions you make and, and the way that, um, the way that you act, the way that you treat people, um, just every little thing. And, you know, I, I sit myself down one day and uh, last year and was like, kind of looked at my routine, looked at everything and was like, I haven't, I haven't read one even Bible verse in the last four or five months. I haven't like been living with the same morals and the same values that I've lived with my, my entire life. I haven't, you know, if, if, um, you know, if my, my mentor, who is somebody I talked to about my, you know, faith, I talked about more than my, my mom, but I talked to him and we talk about this stuff all the time and he just, he, he guides me, you know, he, he leads me through it and he's like, you don't even, it's, he said, if you can give the Lord 15 minutes a day, great. And then if you, you build up from there, perfect. Like just start somewhere and, and build up from there. You don't have, it doesn't have to, you don't have to be like, okay, I'm going to sit down for an hour and read and just read the Bible for an hour whatever it is. And, uh, and, and Wayne also had, you know, he's had a huge impact. You know, he, he does his, his readings every day. And when you see guys like that, when you see guys like Adam Wainwright, um, really like a leader of a team. Uh, obviously, you know, awesome player, competitor, husband, father. And then he also just is like a, a believer is, is what term I like to use, term I like to use. And, and the way that he goes about his business and the time that he makes for it and, and how important it is to him and how much he encourages other people it really lets you kind of be your, be yourself about it and, and realize like, no, it, like it's important. It really does matter. Oh, I agree with you. Absolutely. And I think what you said is something I, I want people to really hear what, what you just said. And, and it's not about um, how much time you give the Lord. It's about cultivating a relationship with Jesus that, that um, you, you take time out of your day to realize that, man, I need to read scripture. I need to pray. I need to 
cultivate this relationship with the Lord. Matt and I just talked about this this morning because for for Matt, it's it's hard to sit down and I love to read. Like I'm a big nerd, and so I I like to read and and all that stuff. But Matt doesn't really like to read. So we were talking we were we were talking about that today. And so being a Christian man doesn't necessarily mean that like your quote unquote quiet time has to be this big elaborate um, ordeal, right? To where you're spending hours on end in scripture, but to be able to um, start to cultivate a relationship with Jesus that over time you're acknowledging him more and more and he increases in our life more and more. And we start to kind of decrease a little bit. Right. So yeah. And that relationships, yeah, that relationship with, with the Lord is the biggest part and continuing to develop that relationship and um, just understanding different things about it and that the Lord is with you every step of the way. Um, Even if you may come off that path, and you find your way back though he's going to be there with you and that relationship is something that continues to build and continues to grow and continues to change um but yeah i think like you said just finding some some time and hopefully that time grows and hoping that and that relationship will will grow as well with it oh that's great i love that i also want to talk to you about about your friend tyler skaggs who you lost um what, about a year ago, almost exactly, mm-hmm. right? And and just and and you said something a second ago that made me think about that, about like God being with us. And I don't know, Jack, maybe some encouragement because losing somebody that you love at such a young age and in such an unexpected manner, man, that'll bring you to your knees. And and I just, I mean, I don't know any sort of encouragement that you would have for people that are going through the same sort of sort of thing. It's hard. Yeah, um, it is, and, and it's, and it, it was, it was, an, it was interesting timing for myself because it was probably two weeks before that when I actually like sat down with myself and was like, okay, I need to get back to where I need to be with my faith. And then Tyler passed like five days ago. It was it was a year? So we just had that the other the other day on on Wednesday. And, you know, nobody really knows how to deal with, with somebody passing away, especially sudden when you're not expecting it, you're not ready for it. And it's a lot of confusion. And st- even still now, it's a lot of confusion. You don't really understand every time that, you know, when you think about it and you think about the people who, for me, that, you know, he affected the um the energy that he brought everywhere he went with them he was i mean he was a special human being he was he was somebody that that brought me in I, we, we worked out together for three and a half years um throw bullpens together in the off season we get together go to dinner hang out we're all partly we were all hung out together in, in the off seasons and uh was one of my guys you know he i was in triple a he came on a rehab assignment against us I was like, yeah, let's go to dinner, let's hang out. And then, you know, I saw him a week before they were in St. Louis and we went out to dinner and we just talked and he was just one, he was one of those guys that was, it was his, his personality and his smile and his energy was infectious. 
and one one of the things that's hard is 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 losing someone is trying to understand like trying to understand and and I think when I eventually was like I'm not going to understand and trying to move on but also trying to be there for the people that he was that were closest to him is where you really see it's like okay I know this this hurts me but there's somebody else out there who's who's really really impacted by it and all you can do is be there for each other it's hard to comprehend it's hard to understand but it's it's all you can do is be there for each other and you know understand that you know Ty wouldn't he you know he'd, he'd want us to be sad like you know, he's like yeah be sad for me and you know I love that you guys like you miss me but at the end of the day like he wants everybody to be happy and it's like you know we will never ever ever forget him and in, in, in the relationships that we had and that but uh, you have to find a way to to move forward and you have to find a way to continue to to live your life and for some people it's easier um but you never forget that person you never forget those things and hopefully there's something that and, and especially with him he was somebody that i could take a lot from he was somebody that i could gather i gathered a lot of information from and you just even being around him like just the little things about his energy and the way he treated people um it, it's one of those things that it's just it's hard it's hard to explain going through something like that mm-hmm. yeah and i kind of rambled and just went all over no, places I, what i heard you say that i think is hard really, to like yeah no but i i think what i heard you say that's just really tangible is that just being like the ministry of presence like just being with each other and and supporting one another and that's what community does and and that's what body of christ does and that's what i'm Mm -hmm. certain you're doing for his his family and the other people that shared a relationship similar to the one you had with with tyler but i um i i don't know i i think that that's important when we when we go through hard things to not run from hard things and isolate and just grieve on our own but we we engage with other people and we sit with the people that um that we love and, and we grieve together, you know, as a, yeah. As a and you see the, the impact when, when that happens, how it, how many people get brought together and that you never would really realize. And that in all aspects of life, when somebody passes, he brings everybody kind of gets brought closer together. And, um, it's a crazy thing. It's a crazy thing that, you know, you realize how close you can get with other people and that, you never really took the time to maybe get as close as you are now. Um, but I think it always kind of brings a group of people together and to closer, to get closer and further that relationship and sometimes further your faith and knowing that, you know, he battled, he was battling a lot of demons and, you know, just pray that now he, you know, he is safe. Yeah. Thanks for talking about that. I know that that's not easy. Oh, I want to I want to ask you about like as you as you continue to ascend to one of the best pitchers already one of the best pitchers in the league, your platform for a lot of things is growing. Um, what are some things that you're excited about um, to take advantage of, of your platform and and knowing that you know as athletes we have this sort of small window um, to have this platform. 
but as far as you know, the racial injustice or the social injustices that are going on, what are what are some things that that you're excited about to use your platform as you continue? Like I said, you're one of the best pitchers in the league, and I think um, your your growing um, popularity I, I think will allow you to do some really cool things. You know, it's interesting the the platform that has been created for for people and for athletes and the opportunity you have and the amount that your voice actually carries and actually matters and and, and anything that you talk about. I'm a very opinionated person. I'm I'm, I'm honest. I'll tell you how I see it. And, um, you know, when I was younger, it was just like difference, whatever it was, it was sports conversations and whatnot. But one of the, one of the big goals now is, is to, is to bring baseball back to, to the youth to to kids because it feels like you know especially with the way it's gone and and getting into everything going towards like travel baseball and like these showcases and everything and damn it's expensive like the what they charge for this and it's crazy like you got to get charged a fee to be a part of this program and then you got to pay a fee for the tournament and then, by the way, you got to buy a new bat every couple months or uniforms, you know, yeah. uniforms, gloves, cleats. Like, your kids are growing. Like, it's not it's not cheap to, to play baseball. And a lot of people can't afford it, especially, in, you know, in, in certain communities and, and the way it is. And trying to find a way to, to, to bring baseball into those communities. And, you know, obviously MLB has a relationship with our, with, with RBI and uh, urban youth Academy, but finding other ways to get outside of just what major league baseball does um, with myself and, and, a, and a bunch of other guys who have been trying to figure out ways to do it. And kind of maybe, I don't know whether it's like bringing back little league where kids can just go and, and, and play the game and it's not you don't have to go travel everywhere you go play ball every weekend which is what I did I mean we we traveled but we were just we didn't we were not a part of a you know travel ball organization we were just a group of 12 to 15 kids that played in a little league and one of the couple dads were like all right we're gonna coach and we're gonna go play a couple tournaments a year and and do that you know, once the little league season ends, we'll play some tournaments, play, go play other sports, whatever, and, and trying to, to find a way to get, you know, more kids in, in involved in baseball. And, but in terms of the, you know, what's going on right now, every, whatever you want to call it, the, you know, social justice movement, Black Lives Matter movement, is understanding that you have a voice and it matters. And, you know, you can be, you can, you can share your opinion you can you can you're allowed to feel however you, you're allowed to feel what you want about what's going on and what's gone on in in the world and um you know the george floyd in, incident brought a lot of eyes towards the um it brought a lot of eyes towards towards the movement and it has really taken it's taken off since then and there's been so much that has gone on, a lot of knowledge out there to be gained by my, I mean, by everybody, by myself included, like the, the stuff that I, that you just learn going through this and, and trying to understand and, and learn about black history and, and 
culture and even the history of the United States that um, there's literally been like a, a systematic oppression going on forever. And there's a lot that has to be changed for, for that. I mean, the civil rights movement wasn't that long ago. It feels like when you learn about it, that it was forever ago. I mean, it wasn't like, this is still something that is completely relevant. Um, it, it's, it's one of those things trying to use your platform for some, whatever matters to you. And you don't have to, you don't have to be out there and, you know, front of the line, like talking about things, trying to change things. It could be behind the scenes, but whatever it is, being able to use your platform for whatever is important to you. And uh, for me, it's, it's been trying to get, you know, baseball to, to younger kids. And then when this happened, it was like, I mean, it, it, it just hit like it, for some reason it hit a nerve in me. And I was like, I, I can't like, I've, you know, it went on a couple of years with Eric, a couple of years ago with Eric Garner. And, you know, I was in high school, I think I was in high school or whatever. It was just like, okay, this is, this is terrible. Like, I, this is terrible. I can't believe that this is going on. And then we're a couple of years later and it's like, this is still going on. And whatever you can do for me, it's just like, whatever you can do to help and whatever that means, whether it's, you know, encouraging people to vote or encouraging, you know, bring people to educate themselves or encouraging, you know, people to, to just make change in their daily lives. Like there's so many little things that can go on. There's so many different ways to impact somebody and using your voice and your platform for, for whatever that looks like. I love that answer. That's really good. It reminds me of this really um, old cheesy story about starfish. Have you ever heard the starfish story? I'm not sure. Oh, let me, oh, you'll probably never Let's use hear it. it. But I'm going to go ahead and tell it to you. And so there's this little boy and he's on a beach, right? And there's like mm -hmm. thousands of starfish all over the beach and um, they're all dying and they need to be thrown back in the water. And so this little boy started throwing, throwing like one starfish into the water. And this old man comes up to him and he says, you're just wasting your time throwing that one starfish in the water. And he grabbed another one and he threw it in the water and he said, well, it mattered to that one. I screwed it up. How did I, I mess that the story up? Basically, he says that it's not going to matter that you're out here. <laughs> you're, it's not going to matter that you're out here throwing these starfish into the ocean. Like, it doesn't matter. You're not going to do anything. You're not going to make a difference at all. And the little mm -hmm. boy grabbed that one starfish and threw it in the ocean. He said, well, it mattered to that one. So that that's one yeah. And so I think that I love the way your, your humble approach to Matt's question on your platform it's like, obviously you're going to be super famous because um, you're uber talented and I can't wait to watch your career. I'm, I'm a fan of yours now for sure. But I, I think that the point of the starfish story is we have to do like we start small and, and we, we pursue the things that we're passionate about and, and we just are consistent about starting small and moving forward and doing the next right thing, right? I mean, is that what you say? And I'm just proud of you because you're so young. How old are you? 24. I mean, you're really, really young to be this wise. And I'm super proud of you, Jack. And I think that I'm excited that you have the courage to stand up for the things that you're passionate about. And I'm excited to see how many starfish you throw into the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's an interesting thing. Just trying to, when you find something that is important, important, um, and a lot of it is just, you know, what's right and what's right in the world and what's right 
you know, it's none of it is political. I'm like, I don't talk politics. I don't talk any of that. It's just a, it's a human rights issue. And it is, it is so much bigger than just, you know, you have the racial side of it. You know, you have, I mean, even for, for, for female, like equality and, and finding something and finding that and then have like the LGBTQ community and, and there's so much fight going on for equality and everybody has their little, little piece of that. But I think just in terms of a human rights thing and, you know, you talk about the United States and, you know, land is free and everybody being equal. And I think that's where everybody wants to be at is, is that we're all together. We're all, you know, we're all one race. We're all part of the human race. And, and that's the way it is. And at some point, everybody should be on, everybody should be at the same point. Everybody should be equal. And that's something that, you know, we have to continue to work for and continue to work towards. One last question. If you had one piece of advice to give a young athlete, a young Jack Flaherty, a young athlete that's aspiring to play at the highest level or even just, you know, make it to college, what would the advice be? Mm -hmm. There's some, there's, there's so many things. I still believe at the end of the day, it comes down to, to self, comes down to be you, you know, who you are at the core, who you are, who you are growing up. You're going to, you're going to grow. You're going to grow up. You're going to change. Um, but whatever your foundation is, whatever your foundation is, is the most important thing. Cause the second your foundation starts to go away, you lose yourself and you start to crumble and you get away from who you are. And your, the foundation is the most important thing in everything in the building. If the foundation goes, that building's going down in, in yourself and your core and, and who you are. Keep your foundation, keep who you are, play the game the way that you know how you're going to learn different things about it. You're going to learn and meet different people who play the game a different way. You're going to meet different people who can, who can play the game a different way, you know, for, for what you see in bit, you have guys who can kind of be joking around, play the game and be very good at it. You have other guys who myself, when I go pitch, I can't be joking around or like messing around and play the game that way. I can't, I just can't, I don't, I'm not good that way. And especially as you continue to grow up and you find other people always have fun. Like I'm always having fun. It may not look like it, but I am loving every little bit about it. And you got to have fun at the end of the day. And remember why you love the game. And that's part of the foundation is, you know, why do you play the game? Well, cause you love it. And if you end up wanting to be great, that's what's going to get you out of bed in the morning is because you love the game. It's never about the money. It's a lot about principle and it's a lot about loving the game. And that's, that's the way it is, but be you be a lot of people coming in in and out of your life as you continue to grow up be you and you know treat everybody with respect treat everybody the way that you would want to be treated that's 
that's the big thing that's always been there. I love it, Jack. I don't know if you're familiar with the Beatitudes. Jesus's most famous sermon, but he said a lot of the same things. And so anyway, <laughs> that's good advice. <laughs> so I love it. Exactly. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. It's really been a joy. It. I've loved it. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Of course. You guys are great. You guys are great. This is a great thing that you guys do. Thank you for listening to Table 40 with Matt and Leslie Holiday, part of the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. For more stories on sports intersecting with faith, check out sportsspectrum.com.